Welcome back to My Mom Thinks You're Dumb. We have a very special guest today, Coach Bill Baldner. He's worked for around 30 years um, coaching baseball. He knows just about every aspect of the game. He's an expert in the field, and uh, we're glad to have him. All right, so so glad you could come on. Um, my first topic, talking baseball, is a kid from Mississippi who uh, he reclassified. He would have been a junior this year in high school, but he reclassified as a senior in high school and didn't get his junior slash senior season because of the pandemic. So really, Major League teams were looking at his sophomore film, Blaze Jordan. He went to the Boston Red Sox. He's uh, I've known about him, I guess, about three years. When he was 14, he uh, was in one of these national perfect game uh, home run hitting contest, and he was just hitting mammoth home run shots. He was a big kid, uh, 6'2", 6'3", uh, 215, 220 for, you know, a 17-year-old. He's, but even as a 14-year-old, he's a big kid. But um, what do you know about him? I know he had signed with Mississippi State, so obviously, you know, he's got the chance to be a big-time player if you're going to sign SEC with State. But, you know, when I was watching the Major League Draft on TV, they said, you know, if he's going to have any drawback, he's not very, you know, very good runner. And even though you got to hit with power, if you're not a good runner, you're gonna he's gonna have to hit with power, I guess, to really earn his money. But obviously, a phenom to be able to be a junior and to get drafted in the top five rounds of the major league draft. I'm not sure when he went, um, second, third, whatever it was. I know he did, uh, you know, sign with state. So, hey, he must really be a player. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was a third round pick. Um, but again, you know, just going off. Sophomore in high school tape is all he really had to show, except for these uh, the perfect game uh, things like that. I think he ran a, a sixty in seven point oh three, so that's not it's not ideal yeah. speed. It's not that bad. Uh, it's not six four like they want the guys that can really run. You know they do that bow timing from first to third and second to home. That's what that sixty is about. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, be able to get from first to third, get you in scoring position, and then from second to home is scoring. And, you know, most of the time, you know, the difference in speed is, you know, when you're making out, I used to tell our kids, you're out or you're safe, just that fast. That's the difference in, you know, the speed. is, And you put it on a stopwatch, that's about how fast you can stop a stopwatch, which is like .20. And it's not very – so you run from a 7 to a 7.2, you're considered, you know, an average runner. When you go from a six, a seven to a six eight, you're considered a good runner. You go six eight to six six, you're a very good runner, and then six six to six four, an excellent runner. Just that this fast. Is that amazing? You get a stopwatch and you try to start it, stop it, it's two point point two oh. So you go from a seven flat to seven point two. And that's the difference in a lot of money. And that's the difference in scoring runs, you know, bang, bang, play. So, but, you know, if you're hitting home runs like that, it's, <laughs> you don't worry about how fast you get around the bases. But, you know, you know, as, as the game as well as I do, that there's not a lot of guys that just hit home runs all the time, even though they're, it's a big thing nowadays. So you got to be able to score when you're on base. You got to be able to help the team when you're on the base. Well, even, even though he's 17, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, is what is the toughest thing to, to teach? You know, if he's, a, if he's, he's obviously got raw power, which is, I would assume, tough to, tough to teach. Um, 
I know he's an amazing BP hitter, which is different from a, you know, in-game hitter, but um, what, if you get a, basically he's a raw kid, you know, he's, he's a 17 year old. And if you were to get somebody like that uh, on a college campus or you, you were working with an organization that drafted him, what is the toughest thing to teach? Is it building? Is it throwing? Is it running? Is it hitting for average? Is it, what do you think? The little bit I do know with scouts in, in getting to the next level is discipline at the plate. You know, not swinging at bad pitches, not letting the pitcher make you swing at his pitch, you know, being able to be patient and be a disciplined hitter. Um, for a kid like him, you know, and, and listen, when you come in with big, high expectations, other people know about it. So it's not like all of a sudden, you know, he might surprise a few people at the beginning, Bo, but when they learn about him and they'll, you know, scouting reports are scouting reports. They know what his weaknesses are already and what, you know, other teams that is. And then even the team that drafts in the Red Sox, they know what they're going to have to do. And I don't know what his bad discipline is and, uh, you know, the, some of the natural things like hand-eye coordination and then his eye and then his hand speed. You can't really teach those things. What you teach is him being disciplined to get his pitch so he doesn't make a lot of easy outs. I think one of the things you look for in young hitters is if they make hard outs. And one of the things I used to do with my kids, and I still do, I did this the other day when I was out eating. I saw a kid playing in the summer league, and he was eating at the same restaurant I was. <clears throat> and I asked him, I said, did you get any hits today? He said, no. And I said, what were your outs? And he really kind of looked at me. He didn't know what to say. And I said, well, did you hit the ball hard? Did somebody have to make a good play to get you out? And he shook his head no. He goes, I struck out twice and popped out. And I said, well, okay. But I like hitters to think about how they made their outs because when you know how you made your outs, you know, you know what adjustments you got to make. You're popping up or swinging through, or striking out, swinging through it. So for a kid like Blaze, I think they're pitching tough. You know, he'll hit the minor league, single A, double A guys maybe. But when you start getting three triple A and big league pitching, those guys, you know, they make you hit their pitch. They, you know, they make mistakes. They're human, but you know, they'll learn what his weaknesses are and pitch to it. So, you know, I think the biggest thing a hitter has to learn is to be disciplined. I saw a thing on by Tony Gwynn on TV not long ago and him talking to hitters about being bat disciplined and, you know, pitch discipline, knowing, you know, what you can expect, knowing what a pitch – he used to go in between innings, in between at bats, and look how he made his out so he would know what the pitcher was doing to him. And he would actually – he actually said, hey, I'd swing at that pitch he might have gotten me out on so he thinks he could throw it to me again. And the next time I'd be looking for it and you know, smash it or hit it, you know, wherever it was. So, you know, being disciplined at the plate is the hardest thing for a young kid. And that's where I think Blaze will miss out going, not going to college. I think at college you get so many more, so much more attention. Listen, when you're in the minor leagues, those, even with the big money guys, you know, they invest in you. They're going to work with you, hang with you, but they still expect you to get along and, you know, start making the growth and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that get drafted high, Bo. I wish I could remember the number, but it's a great enough. There's more first, second round picks that don't make it than do. Wow. I'm almost and sure of that. Even, even a, you know, a player like Aaron Judge, the scouting report gets around, and I remember his first year, he had something like, something like 24 home runs in the, in the first part of the season almost to the All-Star break. And then the numbers really fell off because – you know, the scouting report got out on him and, and they figured out where, where the holes were in his swing and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So and that's what scouting is all about. Scouting does that. 
you know, you, you always hear, well, I, you know, coaching-wise, I always hear, you know, the super scouts go watch other teams play. They want, you know, they watch other major league teams play so they can say, hey, you, know, you want to shade them a little this way? You want to pitch them a little that way? You want to make sure of this, make sure of that? And, you know, they're passing that on. And like you said, they learn how to throw the guys like Judge. They learn. That's why if you really know hitting, and not that I do, but I like to think I have a little insight on it, that guys that can hit, they're really special. The Tony Gwynns, the Don Mattingleys, the Wade Boggs, the guys, you know, the Kent, the George Bretts, you know, they're the guys that can hit for average. They're really special. They're, they're, you know, they're special guys. You know, I, I, you know, I'd much rather have a guy that hit for me that got on base for an average, you know, because I used to tell our guys too, the most two important stats, people would say bad and average home run, bad and average RBIs. I used to tell our guys on base percentage and then scoring runs. Are you a good runner? Are you a smart runner? Can you stay on base and score runs for us? But, you know, on base percentage is way more, you know, in my opinion, the most important stat for a hitter. Can you walk, draw walks? And you put the ball in play, and it's a tough play where guys make errors on you. They might make the play, they can't throw you out type thing. So, you know, I always look at our guys' on-base percentage. And, and you know, that's that won't help Blaze any because he's not going to run very well. So those ground – and, you know, another thing that happens, Bo, the kids don't realize, this kid's a pretty good power hitter, say, and he maybe he was – I don't know what his high school average was. But when you get to the next level, players are better. So those balls that got in the hole that you got to hit on, they make those plays. Derek Jeter makes that play going up the middle. You know, the, the real fielders start making the plays. The outfielders run down those balls that the high school kids didn't get to in the alleys because they're, you know, you know, class A speed. So it changes. And, you know, that. And then the kid starts pressing. And then, you know, the coach, you know, there's just so many little things. Then that's where you'll, you've heard yourself and so many people talk about the mental side of playing, the mental side of hitting. Because, you know, you might be hitting the ball hard and guys are catching it. You say, damn, that used to be a double. You know, and guys rob home runs more than, than you can imagine. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da on TV when they're showing those ESPN plays where they're robbing balls and taking home runs away. It's it's different because not only is the pitching way better, the fielders are better. They make plays. So if you're coming in at, at 17 and, and not even having a, a junior season, I think he, he batted something like 540 in, in high school. And even though he's only 17 and, and you know, supposed to be a junior in high school, he uh, he's actually played four years of varsity baseball. You know, he started as a seventh grader, which I imagine is insane, uh, very, very tough. He's always had success. You know, he's always met with success. And whether he goes to, you know, rookie ball, single A, double A, he's going to experience his first tough break. Real taste of failure. Yeah, a lot of offers. I don't, I don't know how someone like Bryce Harper or, or someone that's always been the dominant guy on the, on the field, how he copes with something like that. And now especially uh, the number of minor league teams that have been cut back. This past draft, there were only five rounds. So you, whether he went third round or, or whatever round, you're pretty special if you went in this year's draft. Yes, you are. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Bo, one of the big things about scouts is their ability to project kids, you know, projection. And the really good scouts and project. And they say, hey, you know, this Blaze is going to be a guy. I see this, this, and this. And, you know, they, they can project them. And, 
You know, there's also, Bo, you, and a lot of people don't know this, they take aptitude tests. All these guys are taking aptitude tests. They go and they fill out sheets of paper tests that, you know, this, that, and they measure that on kids that project whether or not when they get those situations that you just mentioned about offers, offer, offer, you know, a whole week of offers, and they've never had that, how they'll handle that, you know, they, they project that, and they're really good scouts. You know, one of my good friends when I was at Ohio University played uh, catcher before I got there, and he went on with the Cubs, and then he ends up being a scout, ends up being a scouting director of three different organizations. His name was Jax Robert. He, just, he uh, saw and, in a sense, discovered Don Mattingly. So after he discovers, he told me one time, when, hey, they thought I knew something now because I, I, I saw Don Mattingly. I missed on a bunch of other ones, but I got, I got Don Mattingly. And so you see guys, and you you know you test them, and you say, yeah, this guy's going to be something. And when they do, they you know say, hey. And all the guys that are big timers, someone signed them, and they're known for it. But they take aptitude tests, and they they you know they project, and like I said, some guys you know end up you know come to fruition, and some don't. It's amazing how you know one person can really change. Yeah, I know you were telling a story about y'all played a team from I think Chicago, and. Yeah, that's right. uh, Right in junior college. Yeah, and, and that Kirby Puckett. And, and just you saying that name, it completely changed my perspective of, of this junior college team, you know, because, oh, my gosh, they had, they had Kirby Puckett there. So, there must be a legitimate team. You know, if you, if you sign someone like Don Mattingly, you must be a hell of yeah, a scout. Exactly, yeah. And you look out sometimes. You go see some guys. You might be looking, you know, you know somebody else, and you see this kid, and then you start watching him. And all because kids, you know, mature at different stages, and some kids are no not real good as sophomores, or a little better as juniors, and real good as seniors, or real good as juniors, and then Peter out as seniors. So you know, you see some guys along the way. And sometimes you get lucky, and you know, and, and get a good one like that, and then you're you're somebody, you know. Yeah, uh, I've got a good buddy who's uh, one of his. Uh, one of his favorite baseball players is, is Donnie Baseball. He, he really just doesn't understand how the Hall of Fame process works um, since Don Mattingly's not in there. Hey, we hope you like what you've heard so far, and we hope to keep bringing you great shows like this one. If you have a business or a product that you want to get out there to the world, contact us at momthinksyourdumb at gmail.com. We'd love to have you as part of the team. All right, last topic, last topic. We, my very, uh, not my very first, my second or third podcast of this, uh, My Mom Thinks You're Dumb, was drafting the very best pitchers. In our conversation yesterday, you drafted two of my all-time favorites, Bob Gibson and Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox, who only broke 91 miles an hour I think three times, and all three of those times were to hit a guy. Um, <laughs> I drafted my first overall pick was Sandy Koufax. Yeah, that's a good pick. All right, I ha- finally have validation on that. Yeah, my it it was a snake draft. A buddy of mine had the first pick. He picked Nolan Ryan, which not a bad pick, not a bad pick at all. I picked second, and I had a plethora of choices, but we, we, we limited it to post 1950 
because we didn't see Walter Johnson. We didn't see Cy Young. Um, so I picked uh, Sandy Kovacs. I never saw Sandy Kovacs pitch. My father, who's 70, 70 years old, he always told me that Sandy Kovacs was the greatest pitcher he ever saw. So I went on that. But if you look at his stats, ridiculous. Um, Bob Gibson didn't get back to me. Um, Bob Gibson was picked third. What got back to me was any choice. I picked Randy Johnson. If you're picking a oh yes, you know the guy that I told you that we uh, played with. You've got to you've got to listen to that podcast. Randy Johnson is a big meanie head. It's great because he stole my buddy who I played high school baseball with. He would constantly steal his dip. That's what the whole podcast is about. It's hilarious. Um, well, I will. So if you've got an all-time starting five, who would you pick? Wow, you know, um, and then before, and you can't go before it. It's got to be after 1950. No, 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 any all-time. Okay, well, you know, I'd have to go to the modern guys that I know, but I know, you know, I already told you about Gibson and Maddox. I would why do you, why do you love, why do you love Gibson so much? I love Gibson as well. But your your comments about pitching inside. Yeah, he would pitch in, and if he hit you, he hit you, and it was just part of the game. And if it hurts, too bad. But he was he 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 was, you know. He's the reason why they lowered the mound, right? Yeah, I was going like, to tell. Yeah, he was he was just dominant. You know, he was a one point one two ERA the year before they lowered the mound. <laughs> one one. Are you kidding me? And but, the thing is, he would he would go into the dugout and dog cuss the hitters. He would sound like, "Get me a run, and we'll win." Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's how dominant he was. Like, oh my gosh, so impressive. Yeah. Um, so I'd go Maddox, of course, because of his control thing. I think you throw it around the plate, you win. You, know, you get people out. I would like to say Bob Feller. He's a Cleveland Indians guy. You know, I'm an Indians fan, and Bob Feller. Matter of fact, we got a picture of him up here with my daughter. He was uh, We had a minor league team here in, in uh, a Meridian for a couple of years, an independent team, and he came to do a, a show and uh, or just, you know, kind of promotion, and he was sitting there in his uniform. Let me grab the picture real quick. Yeah. And, uh, he was um, – Sitting there, and I said, Mr. You know, I was thrilled. I'm going to see Bob Feller because I was a big exactly. fan. Never got to see him pitch. But um, he, uh, I said, Mr. Feller, can I get a picture with my daughter? And here it is. You can oh, see wow. It. He's wow, about yeah. Six, and he's in his unit. I mean, let me tell you, on the refrigerator, I see it every time I go to the refrigerator. It's the best picture, Bob Feller. But, you know, in case you didn't know, you probably know this. He can't. He signed when he was still in high school, pitched his first major league game, and went back to high school to class and graduated. Went back and got his degree. <laughs> then he started pitching full time. He was ridiculous. I got a little book by him, you know, his uh, philosophies and stuff. But uh, yeah, Bob Feller. Um, he was you know, one of those guys. He was one of those guys that that they tried to do the radar gun. Yeah. You, have you have you seen the, the it's on Amazon Prime the the 
trying to track how fast a guy could pitch. And they had Bob Feller, and they didn't have radar guns. Um, so they had Bob Feller throwing a pitch against a motorcycle. Yeah, against the <laughs> Have you seen that? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Oh, you've got to watch Fastball on Amazon Prime. Uh, okay. This motorcycle comes by at like 85 miles an hour. And it, I mean, Bob Feller's still in his windup. And the, they're both throwing through, like running through paper. And Bob Feller's still in his windup, and the, the motorcycle comes flying past him. And that's what uh, we said on the podcast. I was like, if Nolan Ryan threw against a motorcycle, he would have thrown 160 miles an hour because that's such a non-scientific way to do it because Bob Feller is still in his windup and easily when he releases the ball, it goes through the the paper well before the motorcycle placement, you know, because Bob Feller threw gas. Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the big time first guys that could really, do it yeah all right yeah. so you got tell me your I Maddox I got Maddox uh, Bob Feller Ian Gibson you know I I just got to go on the guys I seen pitch and I've actually seen Jim Palmer pitch a couple games you know when I was a kid Bo I lived outside of Cleveland about 25 miles and I might have told you this I probably bend over 500 major league baseball games you know easy my brother was four years older than me and I was 12, and he had his license at 16, and he'd get a buddy, and I'd get a buddy, and we'd go to the boat. My mom, that's what we did. We went to the games. You know, we weren't sitting at the Sonic, you know, like people around here do. But I seen Jim Palmer pitch, and he was really good. You know, he could he, – you know, just a good pitcher. And, you know, I liked Jim. I liked the Orioles. Brooks Robinson was one of my favorite players back then, so I followed the Orioles. And so I, li- I really liked Jim Palmer. And, you know, Palmer is one of the guys in that Dave McNally – Jim Palmer, Mike Cuellar, Pat Dobson, that all won 20 games one year for the Ball Memorials. They had four 20-game winners on one staff. So were you a Cleveland Indians fan? Yes. I just got – I got three of the Chief Wahoo hats around here. I love wearing them. You know, so what – What? what the, there used to be every, every major league team had – a four-man rotation. Yeah. Now it's a five-man rotation, and we see more Tommy John surgeries and more arm injuries and more, you know, problems. Um, but I take the Ichiro Suzuki approach with the the more you throw, the less you hurt your arm. What What do you think about that? Because well, I I think part of the problems with those injuries are because of how young kids start. Th- throw and start how long they throw and don't do anything else. You know, they, they, all they do is play baseball and their arms, their bodies don't develop totally like they need to develop. And even the guy who does all those operations, his name slipping my mind. So I'm thinking too quick. Um, And he's over in Birmingham. He was Andrews, Andrews, and Dr. Andrews. I saw an article on him by him in a newspaper a long time ago. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't save it or didn't preserve it talking about that's what his theory is on arm problems kids are just not developing fully as young men and so you know they're they're being pushed to do stuff that they 
you know, it's a little early to be doing it. It's too much. It's too important to that for their arm condition. That is for them to be. It's, it's their parents. All the time. It's got to yeah. be their parents, right? And the it money they think they're going to get by their kid being a major leaguer. Right. Like, if it, the kid touches ninety-five, then we we won the lottery ticket, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. There's there's that camp, but there's also the camp of curveballs. Breaking pitches a little early, yeah. And, you know, I don't know the – I never studied the science behind it, but I do know it puts a different stress and strain on your arm, on your elbow. And uh, so, you know, there's got to be something to it. I remember when I was a kid growing up, you know, we all pitched like we're talking about and we all hit that, you know, if you could throw a curveball early, you were going to win a lot of games. And <laughs> Yeah, know. yeah, you and were. so, you know, everyone wanted to try to throw one and, I remember my big brother telling me, man, don't do it. You don't need to learn it. It's not that important. You know, don't worry about it. So, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it probably has a little something to do with it. Oh, man, 11 and 12, you could get a lot of wins. Yeah. You could get a lot of strikeouts if you just threw the bendy pitch. That's, you know, like 11 years old is like the bendy pitch. How do you throw that? Like, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't, we didn't know anything, you know, it's the bendy pitch. Um, yeah. All right, so you got Bob Gibson, Bob Feller, Greg Maddox, no lefties, no left. Jim well, Homer. my lefty for you. Okay, you all know, right, here we go. Kind of surprised me with the question, so my mind's been around. But um, I would go with a guy that you, you know, I don't know how all-time great he was, but I'd like to have on my team, Mickey Lolich from the Tigers. Mickey Lolich, he pitched the same time Denny McLean did. Mickey, oh, you look up Mickey Lolich. Won three games in a World Series. I forget a 68 World Series, some World Series. Listen, here's why I like him. Listen, this true story. He was born. Listen to this, Bo. Mickey Lolich. Mickey Lolich. Listen, just I'm talking about winning games. So you can pick all these big name guys. Mickey Lolich was a born right-handed pitcher. He hurt his elbow, hurt his arm, taught himself to throw left-handed. Was a major league pitcher. I don't know, maybe 200 wins in the major leagues. I don't know how many he is. Just the, the the balls that that took itself. You're telling me you can pick any pitcher. I'm having fun with. Oh, Steve Carlton <laughs> would be probably my bet, my lefty that I would really pick. But I just like Mickey Lowell. He taught you himself to throw. All right. Well, Tua Tua Vangoa, his father is apparently a crazy person. He's naturally right-handed, and his father forced him to be left-handed, which is bonkers because I'm a father that has tried to force my son to be left-handed. I bought him a right-handed glove, and things did not go well. Well, anyway, left-handers, you know, they're limited in positions you can play, you know, in, football, in baseball anyway. You know, you can play first base and outfield. You ain't playing nowhere else. Pitch yeah. first base, outfield. But, uh, yeah, but you touch 88 as a right-hander, you're dime a dozen. You touch 88 as a high school player left-handed, and the world is your oyster, right? Well, I, that's what they say. But um, well, Tell me who your top five would be. All right. Well, Mickey Lolich. Is not on the list. You look up his stats. He's a damn good pitcher, but go ahead. If I'm picking an all-time starting five, Sandy Koufax. I could go with Sandy. 
he can't pitch him on Sunday. He was Jewish. He never pitched on Sunday. Do you know that? We will celebrate Yom Kippur in this household. He did not pitch on Sunday. So couldn't use him on Sunday. Go ahead. How many games do you play on Sunday? I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Remember the Sabbath. Uh, Greg Maddox. Yeah. Gosh, I'm mighty Greg Maddox. Good deal. Pedro Martinez. Don't like him as a commentator, so I hate don't like him as a pitcher either. Well, go ahead. You have to admit, he was filthy. Yes, he was. Um, you've got to listen to that episode, I swear. I mentioned that because I wanted to pick Pedro Martinez, and my buddy picked Pedro Martinez, and I said, like, oh, well, you know he actually adopted a little person and brought him into the, the dugout. And, and he also fought Don Zimmer which I was against. Zimmer, I know it. Oh, Not man. That. Yeah. All right. Um, how many do I have? Two? Three? Three. three? Sandy Kovex, Greg Maddox. And Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. Do steroids keep you from being on the pitching? Well, if you want a steroid guy in there. <laughs> Roger Clemens? No, you can't argue with what he did, but how he did it I could argue and not be happy with. Gosh, he could deal. Him yeah. and Mir Bonds both will be in the Hall of Fame. Like, they're no doubters. No doubters. They didn't have to do it. No. Randy Johnson. Yeah, the big unit. I mean, I, you know, if I really had to get serious about it, but I just had to throw Mickey's name out of there. I just – I like this that he was the lefty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a video when I, – I used to like the Tigers, too, even though I was there in the same league as the Indian. You ever seen the video when Norm Cash went to bat against Nola Ryan and uh, he went into the locker room and busted the leg off a table and brought it out, went to bat with a with a big, long, fat leg off a, off a table in the locker room and no. uh, standing up there against Nola Ryan? <laughs> yeah. they, they let him bat? Oh, I don't know. They all laughed. The catcher was laughing. The umpire took his mask off his laugh and made it take it back. <laughs> Man, I won't get a hit him. I might as well use the leg. <laughs> yeah, Norm Cash. Uh, uh, table leg. <laughs> All right. This has been awesome. I appreciate you having me. I, no, I hope you come back several times. This Whatever has been great. I hope yeah. the Major League Baseball comes back, and and it's great. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it a lot. I really I do. do. I tell Jody all the time, I say, you know, I, we wouldn't be watching this damn show if the baseball was on. <laughs> I'm to watch your TV show. <laughs> oh. I, get, I get to watch baseball when it's baseball season, so when it's not, she gets the TV. And, man, I've seen so many damn Hallmark love movies. <laughs> are you, are you, did you watch the Tiger King stuff? I think we're the only people in America, the only household in America that didn't watch the Tiger King. No, we did not. Oh, well, did good. Not. Good. Yeah. The world was a flutter of, of Tiger King, and I'm so glad that I have a compatriot that didn't watch yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Good, good. Well, I, I hope the Braves win uh, all 60 games. I'm all excited about that. Because you know what Braves are, don't you? I used to tell people this when I first got here from Ohio, and, you know, the Indians weren't real hot, real good then. They'd been a lot better. But you know what the Braves were doing? Good. You know what Braves are, don't you? No. Little Indian. 
<laughs> I really, I really hope the Braves can win it. In the, it's anybody's ball game right here. Sixty games, right? They're gonna, they're gonna play it. Nice start. Yeah, get off this. Hey, you know, there's been teams. I think the Tigers one year, maybe when they were under uh, Sparky Anderson, were like thirty-one and five one year, something like wow. that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you get off the start like that, you're in. So. Yeah, we 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 got a shot. And we've got uh, Felix Hernandez from the uh, for, the Mariners. Mariners, yeah, yeah. yeah. I this think it'll he's... be fun. Be a sprint. You know, baseball is known as a marathon, but this will be a sprint. Right. I think they're they're onto something there. This is gonna be great. Be fun. All right. This has been okay. awesome. I really okay. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate and, uh, it. Yeah. This is awesome. Look forward to talking to you again. All right, brother. On this day, Ryan was truly awesome. His first pitch was a sharp breaking curveball that hit umpire Ron Luciano in the shin. When Nolan has this kind of stuff, the batters are simply overmatched. He struck him out looking. He struck him out swinging. He fanned him with a heat. He got him with a curve. It was no contest as Nolan Ryan rang up 17 strikeouts. Nolan was so overpowering that Norm Cash came to the plate in the ninth with a table leg instead of a bat. Umpire Luciano made Cash use a real bat, but table leg or Louisville slugger, it made no difference as Cash went down to end the game. Also a record time strikeout performance. Here it comes. I think that one by far was the most dominating. I had probably the best curveball and uh, command of my fastball in that game uh, more so than, say, any of the others. 